Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and this is the place to share stories of signs and messages received from the other side. This is season five, and there will be a new episode every Tuesday until the end of 2020. Be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts. And if you love these stories, also be sure to join my private Facebook group. Just search Believers in Signs. And if you like to read and you like stories like Bridget Jones, but with signs and meetings with Spirit Incorporated, Check out my novels, Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. And if you have any questions or want to reach out to me, you can find me on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y, and on my website, fernrone.com. Thank you so much for listening and on to the show. Dominic Flores is a film and television actor who has worked alongside Sandra Bullock and Susan Sarandon and appeared on some of the most popular television shows, including Hawaii Five-0 and Law and Order True Crime. He is a father of four, married to producer Kristen Ridgway Flores, and a walking example of how there are no coincidences, which you will understand as you listen. Hi, Dominic. Oh, hello. It's so good to see you or talk to you, I should say. Yes. How about how about how about we I visualize you though. I do visualize yes. you right yes. now. <laughs> Thank you. It's been so long. So we met because I interviewed you for Popcorn Talk when you were in Our Brando's Crisis with Sandra Bullock and I cannot believe that was 5 years ago. That's so crazy. Literally. I think like the movie came out on October 30th, so it was right around this exact oh, yeah. time too. Oh, wow. So, when I am sitting there watching TV and the farmer's commercial comes on and I'm, <laughs> I'm the first time I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, that's Dominic. That's my friend. I know him. It was very exciting. <laughs> I really loved I, that commercial. It's the best. And I'm going to, I want to post it along with when I, you when should I post it. it. It is an award winning commercial. I'll have you is know it? too. And you know, my <laughs> husband is a creative director in advertising, so I can appreciate not only what it means to get cast in a national commercial because that's huge, um, right. That is award-winning too. It's pretty. It's impressive. I was impressed. Yeah, I, I was impressed. A year later, they uh, they told me that. Um, actually, you know what? I should say it was nominated. I'm not sure if it won. That's okay. So I, have to, I, I should do full disclosure there. But it was nominated. <laughs> it, it was worthy. That's still huge. <laughs> Your wife woke up one morning and said, "You're going to be in a movie with Sandra Bullock." And it you was remember that. Years. It was three years before you were. It was. <laughs> it was. It was uh, maybe two years. Maybe it was two years. Was it three? I right around there. It was. It was far enough movie. away in my career where it just seemed like a a woman who loved me and was a little bit delusional because I was so <laughs> far away from that kind of a role. Um, <laughs> Does she remember like the specifics of the dream? Like, was it someone telling her that? She was. Yeah. You know, she remembers. She's on. She was actually on the set. She was talking to Sandra in her dream. <laughs> She, um, what else? She was, yeah, she goes, she, I'm paraphrasing. She remembers her dreams long and elaborate and, and has uh, the meaning to it kind of to, uh, into it. She's good at that. Um, that's her gift. And she's had other, uh, dreams since. I, I wish they were as awesome as that one, but yeah, just somewhat prophetic. I'll say though. Yeah. Somewhat, not always in the best way. You know, right. some of them are a little bit of warnings, and uh, and uh, and she's learning to kind of like let those guys more oh. and more. Your wife is spiritual. Do you consider yourself spiritual? So yeah, I almost to a fault, I would say. I'm since I was three years old, I've never been able to get this idea of the afterlife out of my head. Huh. So when I was like three years old, 
I used to like um, have a lot of fear at night, scared of monsters and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I would close my eyes and I would touch this emerald green chair in my head. And I would, um, at the very top of the chair, which I couldn't see, it was very high up, I realized. I knew that it was God. And it was this green, but I couldn't see God. I just knew that at the, I was at the small, I was the base of this, of this chair, uh-huh. this super tall chair that I knew God was on top of it, but I couldn't, but I could feel good. I felt okay. From then on, it kind of never left that idea. And I remember reading the Chronicles of Narnia. I don't know if you know, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you yeah. know those books. Mm-hmm. But there was this one book I read when I was like 10 or 11 called The Silver Chair. And it described this exact chair that I'd had in my head at age three. Um, and uh, I remember having that feeling, that feeling that it, it's not a disturbing feeling, but it's not necessarily, it, it's an overwhelming feeling that, mm-hmm. that everything is like, yeah, that, that there's a, a, such a deeper truth happening on so many levels. Isn't that incredible? I got to be honest. I always try to ride that line of psychology with spirituality mm-hmm. to understand what's happening, but maybe it doesn't yeah. matter. I love that because that, the other thing that I want to do on this podcast is is healing. So someone who was on the podcast, the episode before this, she she said I could steal this as my tagline because she wrote it, um, that we're here to seek healing and persist in hope. And I, I you oh, know, as the good. podcast is evolving, it's so much more about healing and getting back to that place where who you were before you came to this earth that yeah. like you know before the world screwed you up who was who is that soul is it a is it a laughing soul is it a serious soul is it a curious soul like who who are you really i feel like we're yeah, all I love that. that slowly and we're supposed to navigate this very primitive planet to learn you know to learn things so our soul evolves but but so much of the lesson is getting back to loving yourself who you were before you came here and and you know, have all these wounds to kind of heal. And, and I love that you went through this whole experience and it was, it was in Brazil where you you spent two weeks there studying shamanism and the certain plant that was, you know, ultimately truly healing. And I can never pronounce it properly. So ayahuasca, ayahuasca, A-Y-A-H-U-A-S-C-A, ayahuasca. It will be spelled correctly in the show notes. What was the experience like? What it does is, and I, um, they're using it a lot now. The most common people who are actually taking ayahuasca are, old, are in the older age range mm-hmm. because they're, they're, they're um, over 60 and they're, they're dealing more with the reality of um, a looming, you know, like with death, with mortality. Mm-hmm. And this fear of death that we all have, it has the ability to kind of eliminate that almost not instantly, but um, it, it's kind of a given because there's just something in that experience where you all of a sudden realize everything that you said on a visceral level, that we are mm-hmm. souls, that mm-hmm. we are, this is a hologramic, holographic world we live in, like the matrix almost. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't make it not real, but it, it, it's not truly where we are or where we belong. It's, it's a bit of an adventure. It's a bit of a game. It's, a, it's, 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 a, it's the most um, immersive game. It's so real. We actually think we can quote unquote die uh-huh. it's so real we think that uh that we can be separated from people that we're not all one it, it has that ability this 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 earth earth existence right it, it's so real that you know possibly maybe we pick our own parents even and and our own family and our own traumas because we're playing a, a bigger game 
than than other people. Maybe maybe being a really rich materialistic, uh, um, unattached uh, socialite is a very low level game. Maybe mm-hmm. it's much harder to play someone who's lost their homes and, and or lost a home and and living. You know, it's it's a uh, it's indicative of it. It's it's it, it it helps you just kind of take in this hole, um, yeah. and and it, and you instantly lose this fear. Of, of death, which, which is, I try to pretend it's not in me all the time, but it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, and it's not like I have no fear of death and I'm reckless on any level. It's just, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's interesting that it comes from the earth, but it's in these plants. It feels like it's also part of the game. Like at some point we need to wake ourselves up wow. and live this way that you were talking about, you know, right. like, it, it, and, and we can kind of own our life in a different way. Right. Not, not necessarily oh, wow. being subject to everybody else's ideas of who we are. It, it's kind and gentle. It's a very feminine energy. You almost, that's what's interesting too, is how it's an undeniable feminine energy that you're feeling. Oh. And so you feel very taken care of. It's not a male energy. Yeah. It, it's very, um, I, I, you, you would tr- maybe try to, if you did experience one of your traumas or something, you might try yeah. and judge it, but you would find yourself probably very, enveloped with love and able to look at it from a very um not pragmatic but just like empathetic from a very empathetic standpoint you might sob but you'd be sobbing at the little girl that you love so much who went through that and it wouldn't be re-experiencing the pain it would just be kind of helping heal that wound of that poor child and how it was for her watching her see whatever happened you know that was traumatizing but you're 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 grieving it and you're owning it and, and it, you're so you're you're full of your heart's starting to fill with love as you experience it again mm-hmm. if that makes sense it's a grieving process but yeah. it's, it's, it's not so much sadness it's it's healing yeah it's the opposite yes and yeah. uh, and you didn't realize that you were walking around with that so there's that release and freedom afterwards you're like oh my god it's it's gone i don't i didn't even realize it was affecting me and, and i just feel so much lighter Okay. What do you do with the dark side? Like for me, my dad died at 51. Yeah. He died of um, leukemia. Mm-hmm. He had been in remission for, he had it for five years. He was in remission and we thought he's pulling out of this mm-hmm. because it didn't look like anything was happening. And then we, yeah. he went down, up, down, he, we, then we lost him really fast. He had spent the last five years doing a lot of healing. I saw a father I'd never experienced before and then how much work he had done. Oh, wow. And he was so great. And, um, but what locks into me, and I was 21, I, w- I wasn't a child, but I wasn't necessarily, you know, it's still young to lose your father. Yeah. And I have that burden, this weight, even though I can talk whatever I talk to you, I have, what, what, what I allowed in is this lodging that I am going to die at 51 and wow. leave my wife with four kids and, and this is going to be this trauma. Mm. And yeah, no. I can't shake it, Fern. Um, I still can't shake it. it. I can't get past it. I have an older brother. Yeah. He doesn't have my hangups. He's 55 <laughs> now. He's fine. But <laughs> I have, it, it, I don't know what it is. Is it, a, 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 I don't know what it is. I think it's There's anxiety. this idea in my head that life is so good that I just want to create a problem. I don't know, but. Yeah, I that's in, anxiety. Because I'm reading a book right now. It's great. It's called The Wisdom of Anxiety by Cheryl Paul. And she says, when you do that, it's a, you know, like a lot of times anxiety doesn't present itself as a what if question, but that is a what if question that you just keep replaying in your mind. What if that happens? What happened? if I die? 
Yes. What at 51. And so if you nip it in the bud and, and you know, you kind of, every time you think it, you have to just say, this is just my brain saying, what if that doesn't have to be true? Like you can, yeah, you know, that's like, true. true. And, and even as you say that now, I just saw myself as like, oh, you're just trying to scare yourself like a scary movie. <laughs> and it's a little bit fun to scare yourself. We like scary <laughs> movies. Oh, okay. I have a feeling that that's, that's not going to happen. And I think you're going to, you know, see your kids. I, I think so too. Well, no, I mean, you know, there's, you, you, you find plenty of evidence, you know, to the contrary. <laughs> things like that if you want to but so that's what I have to also I realize be careful of I've done a ton of work and all that stuff but I'm we're still so uh it's still there it's still you know we're very sensitive to to stuff you know I always say when you do these medicines like you have a little window of time maybe a couple of weeks afterwards to work on some of these issues or to build on some of these breakthroughs but after that, you're kind of the same old asshole. Otherwise, <laughs> like you don't really, you know, it's it, you, you. It's not like you're cured of things, right? It's like little that, incremental steps, right? Little incremental right. steps. Because so. it, it sounds like it going through the experience. It taught you that, like, yes, we're kind of like acting it out down here and living on this planet, and that we're not that far from the people who've passed. That they're, you know, like that. There's nothing to be afraid of. We're all one, and it's not scary to die. But then you're living your life and you're going through it, it, it you know it, these thoughts naturally come back up I think and you've got to work through yeah. it um, yeah um yeah go ahead uh no I was just wanted to talk about your dad because he was a famous Bolivian trumpet player and and I was going to you know mention that you were only 21 which is so young do you ever think that you get signs from him have you ever experienced coincidences with him so, yeah so in the last five years of his life, he met this woman. He was still married to my mom. It wasn't anything um, uh, sordid, mm-hmm. but a, a kind of a spiritual mentor for him. And she mm-hmm. was uh, able to kind of help him work through a lot of his stuff from his own childhood growing up in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a, he wasn't really a famous trumpet player until these later years. He like kind of um, had sold, he, he hadn't done anything with his gifts. So when he was diagnosed, he spent the next five years touring down in South America and going back and forth and recording albums. And that's when he kind of built this uh, this following for himself. Mm. Um, and that's why it was so like, oh, well, this was all just to show us that dad just needed to live his dream. And now he is. And right. cancer's gone. But when he passed away, she kind of helped me understand that he's not gone how I can look for him, how I can see him. And he, and he always, so for me, he always came as a bird. He mm. still comes as a bird because I'm talking to you right now. I'm looking around in these trees next to me, hoping I see a bird. Oh, I mean, there's yeah. plenty of birds, but you know, and yeah. that's the other thing. I don't know. It's not necessarily a certain kind of bird. Uh-huh. It's just all of a sudden I'll look at that bird and I'll say, Oh, dad, hi. Yes. And, and I can't shake why that particular bird is dad, uh-huh. but it is. So far, yeah. I haven't seen him. He's not here. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, and so that's the interesting part with this kind of stuff. When people tell me their stories, I believe them 100%. Mm-hmm. And then I also believe, you know, that if you find flaws in what they're saying, that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it's not happening or it's not real. And what are we even talking about here? Are we trying to mm-hmm. prove something's real or are we trying to kind of, I mean, it, what's the point, you know? Right. I always say signs are like falling in love. Like if that, if 
you saw a bird and you're like, I don't know why it's that one. That feeling like you just know, like you don't know why you just know this one is for you. Like you just have a feeling. So, so many times, so many of the stories that are told on this podcast, people could be like, that's just, you know, this lining up with this. And like, it's, it doesn't, why does it have to mean something? Well, if that person felt like they just know that it meant something more than, than what it is, that's a, that's a sign. That's the proof. Like, yeah, that's what's happening. And I don't try to push that on other people too much. I mean, yeah. but as, as humans, we're, that's all we do all day long is we're meaning makers, right? We make meaning mm-hmm. out of things, whatever the meaning is, we're always making meaning out of something. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I do feel like it, we can choose whatever <laughs> route we want to go. I, I err now more less on the supernatural explanation for things Hmm. um there are times when i've done the ceremonies where there have been actual spirits there was um there was an indian spirit i remember that was like ominously next to me Uh not not ominous because he was uh, a dark energy or anything but just because it was so real it was so not my imagination it was so not just some bird it was like oh my god this is like some big indian guy standing right next to me in full regalia uh-huh. looking at me and and uh and i'm a bit shook right now and and, uh-huh. uh, and it's in my mind's eye but it's like you can feel it like if someone were about to tap your shoulder right now and, and it, it uh and then that throws you in a different direction of like whoa like that's actually that actually felt like irrefutably real to me like how yeah. did that happen and you open your eyes and there's no one there but um that and that happened with my father a couple of times too in those ceremonies. That's where I was going. Is oh. I have felt my dad that way a couple of times. Oh, and, really? uh, and, and, it, and it shakes me a little bit. Like it's yeah. like it's not too real, but it's like too real. I'm like, whoa, whoa, yes, whoa! Yes. Like, what is yeah. happening here? So I don't yeah. know if that's my own limitations, where I'm still not maybe willing to go there. Maybe I have mm-hmm. my own blocks still, but um, I do feel yeah. it's safer from a mind like mine to kind of keep it balanced. Yes. I don't want to go into la la land too much. Um, yeah. Uh, because again, I have to raise four humans. I can't just start <laughs> following some whim and going down to Brazil again. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't know how it is for you, but. That's interesting that you, that you so clearly saw this Indian figure. And I feel like yeah. there are people who, you know, that could be one of your spirit guides and he's been guiding you your whole life and he knows or you. Or just some oh. dude hanging out. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. That the creep, the part was, it was like so common. It, it didn't even have to be that. It was like just some dude hanging out watching us, watching us do this. Like we were in his realm now. <laughs> right. That was, that was the scariest part is maybe he's a spirit guide, but maybe he's just some guy hanging out. Like it's nothing <laughs> like, whoa, hey, that's, that's even more interesting sometimes, <laughs> like, like just the actual apparition there. World. Yeah. yeah. And what are you going to tell your kids? Like, you've had such an interesting life, and I feel like we could talk for hours um, about so some of the, like, you know, like, you were very open about your addiction and about um, being at Rampart. Yeah. And the thing with Rampart is then you ended up making a movie 10 yeah. years ago, yeah. Woody Harrelson. Um, one yeah. Of the- incidences so what would you what are you going to share with your kids so that it's it's it's, uh, yeah for the a little bit of the context i was in a movie about the rampart police scandal for anyone who knows the the los angeles 90s scene when there was Mm -hmm. a corrupt group of of, uh, lapd that were um attached to the gang units and um 
I had an addict, I had an addiction, so I found myself constantly down in those in the Rampart area of LA, and I got arrested for possession, and I found myself uh, handcuffed to a, a bench in, uh, in the Rampart police station. Uh, the cops were all kind of busted, I guess, um, mm. at that point. And the coincidence for me was I got kind of, um, I got off the hook completely mm. because of um, when I went in front of the judge, he just saw what they had done as an illegal search and seizure. I mean, it helped me uh, get mm. better, but um, at the same time, I didn't need any, I'm glad I didn't have any problems from that. Mm-hmm. But um, they shut down that Rampart station because it was kind of a blight on their, on the, police uh record you know their their reputations and then mm-hmm. five years later they made a movie about it with woody harrelson and they reopened that station to um film and i was cast as one of the detectives in the movie and uh it was a uh, it was um it was woody harrelson but it wasn't like a big studio film or anything so we didn't have proper i, I had to change clothes uh into my detective uniform that's the same exact bench that i had been handcuffed to like five years earlier <laughs> And uh, and it was talk about healing, you know. Yeah. Now I'm changing into my detective clothes on the same bench, telling the story of these corrupt police officers, which takes nothing away from my own, you know, <laughs> uh, my own culpability and things. But yeah. that's when I realized that this is how it goes sometimes, and if you can recognize that kind of stuff. So I'll tell my kids. I'm pretty honest with my kids. My kids know that Daddy does the ceremony. My kids know that. Um, there's a lot of things that uh, happen when you're old. I, I, I'll be pretty open with them when the time's right. I, no. I'm glad I'm not one of those oversharing parents. I'm, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I, I don't push the, my kids, but I'm not like, like if they ask me where I was when I go home right now, I'll probably tell them, oh, I was talking with one of my friends. She does a, a, a talk and we're talking to other people about, uh, I'll probably say, yeah, I'm about uh, communicating with people in the afterlife. Like, I wouldn't probably go there. Yeah. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. But, um, but so I like to have them constantly aware. And I, I like to normalize spirituality for them so that it's not something that uh, I like it to keep it in their wheelhouse. I think it's just great to have a, you know, like this is what happened in the past and there's no shame and we learn from our mistakes and that anything can turn like life can turn around like you can like you were handcuffed to a bench in a police station and five years later you're in a uniform on the bed like I know like pretty great more like that that life can turn around like just keep going yeah and those are the kind of stories I want to tell and what do you have coming up next I know things are slow I know for my husband yeah, no, yeah. Well, it's starting to pick up. Um, it's an interesting year. I was very uh, sad. I had a pilot that I'd booked in March um, that was going to recur my character, and um, it. Uh, they said, you know, we have to see what happens with this COVID thing. And then it was still in production around July. They were still planning on going forward, um, but then they canceled the entire show. So um, that was one of those setbacks that I definitely yeah. was affected. COVID definitely took one of my jobs away. So, um, so yeah, so I'm actively, um, auditioning again, which feels good, good, it's not good enough, but you know what I mean? It's it's nice to see that, uh, it's picking up. So hopefully something lands, um, you know, I have to take it all in stride to being an actor is a very surrendering profession. You know, there's a, you have to kind of, you know, I'm writing scripts like you, you know, working on realizing that, you know, no one's necessarily going to tell my story unless I, um, 
I uh, help facilitate it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's a good thing, though. Yeah. yeah. I do nice. have a commercial, an anti-opioid commercial. It's not running in California. It's running in um, what state? I don't know. There's some states in the Midwest that are hit really hard by the opioid crisis, mm-hmm. and my commercial runs there. Not like, like I filmed it last year, and they just keep keep it going. It's still just so rampant. So I'm all for healing. I, I, I hate when people have to turn and and, and, uh, and numb the pain. And, and, and I get it. I totally get it. I have so much empathy for addiction. But mm-hmm. there is healing. It's just it's a little bit painful sometimes. So Yeah, anyway. but possible. Where can yeah. everyone find you? You can follow me on Twitter. It's a Dominic Flores 40, Dominic Flores 40. And uh, same thing on Instagram. Yeah. So I'd love to yeah, keep connected to people that way. Well. All right, darling. Are we done? Yes. <laughs> Thank you okay. so much. I'm sorry this went so long. No, I can talk for another hour. I just, uh, I'm <laughs> trying to, trying to be grown up myself and learn when to stop. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> have a great rest of the day. You too. Thank you so much for listening to Signs from the Other Side. You can find me, Fern Rone, on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y. I love hearing from you and I love hearing your stories of signs. And if you would like to hear more episodes of this show, please be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. Please also don't forget to join my Facebook group, Believers in Signs. And if you're ever looking for something to read, check out Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. Thank you so much again for listening and sweet dreams.